Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As I said last, hymn sing. Each of the sermons will use the sermon hymn that we had just sung as the basis for the sermon. Also using this morning Psalm 46, verses 7 and 11, that both say, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. One of the great many things that we remember on this Reformation Day is the great and wonderful singing of hymns like A Mighty Fortress, reminding us that truly God is our fortress in all the midst of life and even in the shadow of death. So as we look at Luther's great hymn, we see this come out over and over again in these four verses. A mighty fortress is our God, a trusty shield and weapon. Luther was one who knew the Psalms. And the Psalms are filled with images of God being our fortress, our refuge, our shield. The place where we can find protection in this world. And not only that, Luther goes on to say, a trusty shield and weapon. Now, we think of Jesus as a weapon. Not usually one of our regular thoughts when we talk about Jesus. But it is that use as a weapon that helps us free from every need that we have in this life. Because each and every one of us have the same need. We have the need for forgiveness. We have the need for salvation. We have the need for justification. And that was where 504 years ago Martin Luther was not. When he nailed the 95 Theses on the church door, he truly thought that God was not his fortress. That God was not a shield for him. That God was actually the weapon pointed at him. Showing him his need in great detail. Because he saw two conflicting things going on in the Bible. From the psalm this morning, talks about the peace and solace that we should have as Christians. David says, There is this river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. This nice, calm, peaceful picture. But then on the other side of the coin, He also sees, by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. This great, peaceful picture for those who call themselves Christians, for those who believe in Jesus, and yet not a single one of us can be justified by the things that we do. And the church in his day just kept telling people, well, just try harder. They kept saying that because the old evil foe was definitely in the midst of the church, meaning deadly woe, trying to break up the church at its roots. Because as the first verse concludes, deep guile and great might are his dread arms in fight. On earth is not his equal. And how very true that is. I was reminded not long ago by a pastor friend on Facebook 
through one of the wonderful memes that everybody loves to share. That the devil doesn't worry about the sins you're committing now. Because, you know, they're already his domain. He makes you worry about the ones that you've already been forgiven of. And how... How come? Why is it that he has just one trick? One question. Did God really say... So when this guy, standing up in this robe, tells you, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, did God really say that? I mean, do you really trust this guy? And a good Lutheran will say, no, I don't trust him. Because he's just like me, a sinner in need of forgiveness. But he's not standing there forgiving me my sins because of him. It's in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ that he says those words. But still, the question comes, did God really say? And you would think after 6,000 plus years of wrestling with the devil and his lies that we'd you know, actually answer the question right. But we don't. Because Luther goes on in verse 2, With might of ours cannot be done. Soon were our loss effected. But for us fights the valiant one, whom God himself elected. We'll sing in communion this morning one of the great Advent hymns that doesn't always get sung during Advent. Sometimes gets skipped. O Savior, rend the heavens wide. Come down, come down with mighty stride. Unlock the gates, the doors break down. Unbar the way to heaven's crown. Because that's truly our prayer to God every day. Not just the prayers of the junior high and high school students. Jesus, please come back before this test that I'm going to fail. How many of you have prayed that prayer? I'm the only truthful one here? Okay, all right. But no, we want God to come down, to rend the heavens wide open so that we see His glory. We want to see that forgiveness because we live in a world of darkness that just keeps asking the same question over and over again. Because the question makes us think that we have to do it all by ourselves. The question makes us think that it's us and us alone that has to do this. We'll close our service this morning with another great hymn of comfort in our, in our striving against the devil and the world and our sinful nature. Where it says, Here I raise my Ebenezer. Hither by thy help I've come. And I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Great word, Ebenezer. You know, the Lord has helped me so far. It's that banner that was put up to remind the Israelites that God was in their midst. It was the banner that Jesus unfurled in His flesh for His disciples to know that this far He had helped them and He would continue to help them. And it's this banner we see in the crucifix unveiled in our eyes reminding us that there is His help 
there is him fighting, the valiant one, winning the day by being nailed to the cross. Giving us that moment to reflect that the Lord of hosts was still and dead on the cross. Reminiscent of the most famous verse from our psalm this morning. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And this is the exaltation He chooses. Something completely different from what we would ever consider. We see this as weakness, as defeat. But there is our victory. There is the fount of every blessing that tunes our heart to sing His praise. There is our God fighting for us, holding the field forever. Because 2,000 years later, churches all over the world still have His banner up showing that that is where we get our help. And there is where we can go if even all the world should be filled with devils, all eager to devour us, we need not fear because we have the victory won already. Because the God of Jacob is our fortress. The Lord of hosts is with us. So this world's prince may scowl as fierce as he wants. He can't harm us. Yes, he can make us doubt. He can possibly even drive us to the point of losing our faith. But just like with Job, he can't take our life. He can't take our salvation. He can make us walk away from it. But nothing he does takes away Jesus. Nothing he does takes away that offer of forgiveness. Even when he says, in quoting scriptures, only Satan can do, Whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. There he comes again, asking the question once again, did God really forgive that sin? I mean, really, come on. Did he forgive that one? Because, you know, the law says, you know, if you break one of them, you've broken them all. But brothers and sisters, you do not need to fear because... You are not under the law. You are under the grace of God. You are under His mercy and love. Because there is the one who is under the law. Our Jesus hanging on the cross, taking the law for us. Judging the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh. And all of it's done. When He utters that it is finished, it's all done. So there is nothing more to fear except for God. And this is not a fear of being scared. This is that fear of reverent awe. Giving Him the glory as the angel tells us in Revelation. Because the hour of His judgment has come. The hour that began on the cross. The hour that continues until the dawn breaks on the eternal day where He comes to bring us home. Because try as they might, 
they still have to let the Word remain. The Word made flesh. He is the one who is by our side as we battle. It's not just us against the devil of the world and our sinful nature. But it's Jesus by our side with His good gifts and spirit. And we think of gifts and we think of like Christmas and birthday. And we're like, okay, what are socks going to do for me? What's a new toy going to do for me? But His gifts are the righteousness of God through faith in Him. That we are justified by grace through His redemption. So we can be of good cheer. For God's own Son forgives all sins which you have done. And justified by, your, by His blood, you in your baptism have the highest good. So take the devils and everything else, everything that we have. The one thing they can't take away is Jesus and Him being our Savior. They can't take away His victory over them. And so the kingdom truly ours remaineth. Because God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. He is our fortress. And in that fortress, He says, if you abide in My Word, you are truly My disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen.